Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Who wanted to kick that field goal? That is a great question. Just here you spend a little time on Willie Nelson's tour bus. A little smoky on there, huh? Go Bears. Uh, Burt Reynolds, or was it uh, Turd Ferguson was holding you at some point? Just a few of the highlights of week one for Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy! Week two begins tonight. And Chris, I became a believer by the end of the week. Oh, I know you did. Oh, I know. Looks like he's got the it factor, huh? Looks like he might have it, huh? After all. Well, at first, I thought he was trying to mimic Alex Trebek too much. And either I've gotten used to it, like easing into a hot bathtub, or there was a shift as the week went on. Either way, by the end of the week, I found myself enjoying Aaron Rodgers immensely as the guest host of Jeopardy and envisioning him as the potential permanent host. There's some comments from... The show's executive producer, Michael Richards, to Peter King, today's Football Morning in America, which doesn't suggest that Aaron is getting the job, but it by no means rules him out either. It's something that's going to be determined, and there are a lot of factors that go into it. Would he have to retire? Could he do both at the same time? Would he fly back and forth? Would they just shut down during football season and load up on shows in the summertime? You know, a lot of these questions are current. So if you're doing all the shows in June and July up until the start of training camp and you expect them to hold until January, you're going to be missing out on a lot of stuff that happens August, September, October, November that could make their way into the show. I know there's a natural lag. They filmed these shows back in mid-February. But still, still, the idea of shutting everything down to accommodate Aaron Rodgers for football season seems a little impractical to me. And it also overworks the process to get to the point where you've got enough shows to get through football season. But if yeah. they want him, if they want him, and those are the terms, then that's what they're going to have to do. The question is, the first question, thresh- threshold question, after they do all the guest hosting stints, do they want him? And maybe they will. I mean, uh, 
it, it's been really good. There's no doubt. He's certainly he's been my favorite so far. I know I'm biased. I, I think actually like what you said too. Like hey, I know he's trying to be Alex Trebek or you know whatever else. There's something comforting to that though that I feel like he's embraced that as well. That he's like. Hey, I, I turn on that show and I do expect to hear a certain tone and, you know, phrases and just a certain certain way of talk. Um, he, he's kind of mastered that. And I think he kind of found his own way or his own voice as the week went went along, you know, like you said, Mike. But the other thing, too, I mean, he could do this. He could definitely do it. There, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it's 50, 50 days a year, right? That's when they, they tape. So if they got done with the season and... Now start to chop away at, you know, five days here, five days there, blah, blah, blah. You start to get – they could do it. You're right. Now they, they miss a little of the current events during the football season and things like that, but it's doable. And I, there's a part of me that actually really wants me wants – wants to see him do it. The other thing it does, though, and we need to be realistic about this, yeah. it imposes a significant burden on the rest of the crew. It's turning their lives upside down. There's people who are busting their butts behind the scenes to make this all happen and to tell them, for years, here's how we've done it. Starting now, we're going to do all our work before the end of July, and then we're not going to do any work until February. And this is just our new reality now for one, two, three years, however long Aaron Rodgers decides to play football. But again, if they want him, that's what they'll do. I guess the thinking is Ken Jennings is the sentimental favorite because he's the guy who was the longest running champion. Yeah, right. Cetera, he was very good too. He was. Yeah. And, and, uh, what a, hey, it's their call. They're the ones that are going to have to make the decision. I, I still believe that Aaron Rodgers went on the media tour that he went on because he understands you want to goose the ratings. And he's got the name, he's got the platforms where he can goose the ratings because the ratings are going to be a factor. They're going to look at the numbers and they're going to say who tuned in to watch which host. And that's part of it, too. It's not just tuning sure. in to see if three random people can answer a bunch of obscure questions. It's who's the host and how much of a draw is he? And I just felt like he was developing more of a natural enthusiasm yep. as the week went on. Right. There's, a, there's a certain amount of not necessarily rooting for any one contestant, but as someone is on a roll, the way that he says, yes, like it, it, it just gives you a little kick. It gives yeah, you a little yeah, boost. Yeah, yeah, right. And right. It, it, it breaks from the monotone. That's the criticism I've seen. He's too, mu he's too much monotone. Well, that's what the job kind of calls for. It's muted. It's understated. I, th I think he – I just I, – I was skeptical after the first week because part of it was anytime someone raises the bar high, they're setting themselves up to go under it, and I felt like that's what he did going in. But then as the week went on, he got better and better, and I'm anxious to see what week two – looks like and uh I, i'd be perfectly fine with him as the host perfectly and we were like oh you're just trying to get him off the package you're trying to get him out of the nfl no <laughs> i if he if, if he can pull off both do both yeah do both That's if you right. can pull it off do it as long as you're not doing it during the season and, and during football work i don't think anybody's going to complain you know and we wouldn't be able to use that excuse if he did have a bad game and be like well if you weren't taping jeopardy games or things like that it should have no effect at all if they organize it the right way I mean, really, really unique situation. It really is. I don't blame him for not, for for wanting it. Of course, hey, he is coming to the end of his career. This is something he seems to have a real passion about, 
And of course, it's nice to have what a 10 figure deal, 10 figure a year deal every year, you know, to kind of secure your retirement. Not that he needed it anyways. Uh, it, it is it is interesting and it'd be it'd be cool. But I would say like what you said, Jennings and Rogers would be my two two favorites. The producer was really good too. producer guy. I always forget his name, but but Jennings and Roberts, I thought, were the two best guest hosts so far. And if you can make thirty three and a half million per year playing football and throw on another fifteen, twenty million hosting Jeopardy, that's a pretty good combination of jobs if you oh, can yeah. pull that off. Oh, so yeah. I'm a capitalist above all else. So go get paid Aaron Rodgers as much as you can while you can. And on that point, he's in the Fifth or sixth year, I think. I don't know. I lose track of the number of years of these contracts. It's maybe just third or fourth year of his latest deal. He does really long deals, which makes it hard to accumulate the kind of leverage that we've seen other quarterbacks accumulate. The shorter, the better. He's got three years left on his current contract. There was an item from Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com on Friday that looked at the current relationship between Rodgers and the Packers from the perspective of unnamed agent, unnamed scout, unnamed executive, offering opinions. And I'm never a big fan, for my own purposes, of trafficking in unnamed opinion because unless you know who it is, or at least unless you have some context as to who it is, you never quite know what agenda the person giving the opinion might have. And this is a corollary to the pre-draft stuff where the anonymous scout says something bad about a prospect because the anonymous scout is hoping that that prospect will be there when his team picks. But the one thing that stood out to me, yeah, and this is the difference in my mind between Chris anonymous opinion and anonymous fact, right? the unnamed agent saying that he has a client yeah, and they called me about one of my players and said, hey, this is where we are now. And until we get something big done, hint, hint, we don't have any cap space. And that's something big. Hint, hint is number 12, running into the end zone and sticking the ball over the goal line and throwing the ball down the field in the divisional round win over the L.A. Rams. That's the something big they need to do. And the irony there is, Chris, they had the absolute right. We brought this up a week or so ago, yeah, and I've week. since gotten the contract language. They have the absolute right to convert salary, roster bonus, et cetera, into a signing bonus yeah. that would give them a lower cap number this year. The problem is it makes it harder next year if next year is the year when they would decide to trade him. It makes it more of a cap charge because it all accelerates right. into next year's cap if they kick the can now. So they haven't done it. And I don't know what you can do. What, what do you do? How do you create cap space without pushing it into future years that would then come due if you decide after this year you want to move on? I think that's that's why the Packers are currently stuck right now. No, I don't think Mark Murphy yeah. wants to be in a position where if I decide after this season I'm moving to Jordan Love, I'm taking this gigantic cap hit that keeps us from doing business. No, you know, probably not. That's why I brought it up last week. I think it was Tuesday, right? Because I was watching the Aaron Rodgers Jeopardy on Monday going, wait, and started to think about some of these things and was just thinking about football. And, you know, I know that, you, of course, we all know Green Bay is a little bit of an, a, at the bottom of the league as far as salary cap, their situation, anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, you've always said from the start, yeah, they can convert that money and make you know make it into a signing bonus. But of course, yes, it's going to cost more down the road, right? All right. So what's next? 
hey, let's renegotiate the contract. Oh, yeah, really? Why? <laughs> What's in it for me? I don't understand. Oh, oh, so you guys want to make it easier to move on for me? Or I, I don't know what you're trying to do. Are you going to support me this year? Is this sort of support next year or for the other quarterback two years down the road? So, I mean, again, renegotiate, sure, it might help the team out either way. But what I want to say to Green Bay is renegotiate. I mean, his court, his court contract is so quarterback friendly, it's disgusting. It doesn't get any easier. He, he's been so nice, it's ri ridiculous. He's what? What is he right now? The eighth, the eighth, the sixth, the fifth highest paid quarterback in football. Very manageable. He's tied with Jared Goff. Right. That's all we right. need to say. Hey, drop Jared the mic and let's Goff. end the show. See you later. Okay. <laughs> so I yes, th this is on them. They got to figure it out. And Aaron Rodgers, with this situation, does have a little power here to see where his future goes a little bit. And this is the core of it. We've said it a few times, yeah. and every once in a while. I see what others are writing or I catch wind of what others are saying. And I, 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 I don't know how widespread this thought is, but in my mind, Chris, it's a very, very simple proposition. The Packers are now in the year to year phase of the Aaron Rodgers contract yeah. where they truly can say after 2021, where are we? Do we continue? Do we not continue? Oh, okay. We continue after 2022. Where are we? Do we continue? Do we not continue? That's where they are on the back end of this deal because it was a long-term deal tacked onto the end of the last long-term deal that he did back in 2013. Rodgers wants, and this is something I reported right after he gave us all that curveball following the NFC Championship loss to the Buccaneers where he seemed to be talking like a guy who may not be back this year. He wants commitment. Not necessarily money, but commitment. He wants to be tied to the team so he doesn't have to spend all of 2021, every practice, every game, every post game, every moment wondering when this season ends, is this the year that they say we're activating the Jordan Love plan? And as I've, as I've said, I think Mark Murphy is far more of a genius than we're giving him credit for. He's found a way to put Aaron Rodgers in what I call the sweet spot of pissed off, where he's mad enough to go out and be the MVP, but he's not so mad that he's ready to say to the Packers, screw you, I'm out of here. After this season, maybe he will be. But I think that's where Murphy's trying to keep him. And the fact that they haven't done anything with his contract and they haven't exercised their absolute privilege to reduce his cap number this year, but make it more expensive next year from a cap standpoint to move on, make it trickier to move on next year from a cap standpoint. I feel like Murphy's trying to keep him in that range of just pissed off enough to be great, but not so pissed off that he wants to leave. Well, I mean, yes. I, I mean, listen, I, I hear you there. I do. I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs Mark Murphy either way to be that. I don't think it needs it. I think he wants to be great no matter what. Did last year piss him off? Yeah, of course it did. I'm sure. You know, yeah. I mean, did it motivate him? I, I, I agree with you there. there. There's something to that. There's no doubt. It was his second year in that offense. Everything like that. People were kind of starting to clamor and, and doubt him a little bit. So all that led to Aaron Rodgers being on his A game week after week after week. But, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I just sit here with all the, the way you just explained it, 
okay, yeah, what well, what are they going to do? All right, so you're talking about the salary cap thing and the, the uh, converting it into the signing bonus. They don't want to do that because, like you've said, that's gonna, it's going to count against them down the road, right, the next few years. So what's the it, next? It, it ties him. It ties him to the Packers for right. two years as a practical matter. If they max out, if they max out the cap space this year by shrinking his cap number and giving him a huge signing bonus and converting and moving and bumping, it makes it it makes it much harder a year from now to say we're going to trade him and we're going forward. Jordan well, Love, I yeah. think that's the practical impediment uh, right, if they would do it. Right, right. So that I mean that that speaks volumes. I mean, so they didn't do that. They didn't do that. So th th there you go. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers, of course, has no choice there. They could do that. But it would, again, maybe give him what he wants to go where, hey, I got a little more security here with the team. They are maybe tied with me in the next year or two. But then the next option is what? Oh, renegotiate? And what? You give me a little bit more money up front? Even, you know, okay, I'm a, I'm a hundred millionaire already. You're going to give me more money up front to what? Make my future you know, more undecided and I have no idea what's going to go on or if I'm going to be here or anything like that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. There's just no way. I, I At least I don't I don't think of it that way. I mean, I, I don't know. Just the more we sit here and the more this offseason goes on, the more I just think this is headed towards, like we talked about a little last week, it's like Brady in New England. It's going to be the same thing. There's going to be Rodgers in Green Bay. Green Bay hasn't done enough quite to support them. Their team's in a different spot, thinking about going a different direction. And he's just going to go, okay, I'll see you later. I'm going to go try to end my career somewhere else and win a Super Bowl somewhere else. I really feel like we're headed in that direction with these two. And let's remember, they pulled the pin on this grenade nearly a year ago when yeah. they moved up at the bottom of round one, gave up a fourth-round pick, packaged it with their first-round pick, went up several spots to draft a quarterback. A quarterback at a time when Aaron Rodgers was the exact opposite of Brett Favre. They drafted yeah. Rodgers in 2005 because Favre was four years into his annual will I or won't I retire shtick. Rodgers consistently has said, Green Bay is where I want to stay. I want to play into my 40s, and I want to play my entire career with Green Bay. He had given them no reason whatsoever to be thinking about a succession plan. Now, Chris, I do recall when we did your quarterback rankings last year. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're I right. I do recall you detecting some slippage right. in 2019. Okay. That slippage he was reversed from, last year. Well, yes. I mean, he went from the greatest thing I've ever seen to, like, the slightly not the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. I was just saying there's a little slippage for Aaron Rodgers, like where, yes, he wasn't quite as explosive running out of the pocket and doing things like that to where you know, there, there was a, some plays where you go, ooh, we got shoelace tackled. Ooh, two, three years ago, that wouldn't have happened. That, he would have ran away from that guy. You know, yeah, okay, just some natural, but not like concerning, not concerning. Like, no doubt in my mind that it was still, you know, top three, top five quarterback in football type of play and type of player still. And then, yes, I mean, of course, last year was, was phenomenal. But, I mean, Mike, I don't know. I mean, where does this go? If you're Aaron Rodgers, are you up for that? Are you up for renegotiating your contract and, and making it easier for Green Bay to get away from you at some point? I, I, I don't know. No, what, what no, it, yeah. no. Right. I, I want I don't necessarily want more money. I want commitment. That's what I want. That's why he should be on board with the idea of a simple restructuring that would give him 
the large majority of his 2021 compensation. And they've already paid him a $6.8 million roster bonus. That ship has sailed. That could have been converted. Now there's a $14.7 million base salary that could be converted, all but $1.075 million of it, and max out cap space this year and get some help around him. But it ties the two sides together more likely for the next two seasons. That's why he's saying my future's undecided, my future's not resolved, my future's a beautiful mystery. He's smart enough to know the way these contracts work and the flexibility that teams like to have because they want to be able to use it if they choose to do so. And this all goes back to last year. We never have gotten any real clarity from the Green Bay Packers. Think about it. No. Nearly a year has gone by. Why in the F, pardon me, on a Monday morning, did they get Jordan Love in the first round of the draft last year? What were they thinking, Chris, when you got a good thing going with Aaron Rodgers, You've got several more solid seasons of Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. You got to the NFC Championship. You've got clear needs. And instead of addressing them in round one, you give up a fourth-round pick to move up to get a guy that is either going to supplant Aaron Rodgers at some point or ultimately be a wasted pick. There's no middle ground. He's either going to take over for Aaron Rodgers before Rodgers is ready to go, or he's going to be a wasted first-round and fourth-round pick. There's nothing else. I, I, I listen. That that's the million dollar question, you know. Added to the the fact of, you know, doing nothing really for the team while you're in the Super Bowl window, and you know, again, here we are. We're talking about renegotiating the contract, and hey, Aaron, carry us on the field. And now the season's over. Can you carry us off the field? Because we got no money to figure out how to balance our books. And hey, here we are once again in free agency, and we haven't ju- we haven't done jack diddly squat once again this year. I mean, nothing, nothing. It's just like, oh, don't worry. It's uh, don't worry, Aaron. You'll come back and carry us. Don't worry. And then we'll screw you over and we'll find another way to do something. I don't know. But, like, yes, I don't know, Mike. Green Bay is one of those teams. Of course, they've been very successful. They have a formula in which they the way they do things, whether it's lack of spending on free agency like you and I have talked about before. You know, they want to build through the draft. They like to keep their own. You know, I don't know, but it probably said that it was time for them to draft a quarterback. And in a lot of ways, listen – like I was watching, I want to say this was Dan Graziano the other day on, on TV, just a little segment I was watching, where he was a little talking about this and just talking about how, hey, Green Bay's been successful for the last 20 years because of this formula. And he's right. And I agree with him. But have they really? Have they really? Like, let's, let's really. I know it's been relevant and in the playoffs. But they've had two of the five greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league. Two of the five greatest in the history of the league as far as I'm concerned. And they've won one Super Bowl with each. I don't know if that's necessarily like a great success rate to me when you put it that way. Wait, you've had two of the all-time five greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league. You've won two Super Bowls. That tells me you've done something else wrong in supporting them, too. And I think you certainly can make that argument, you know, uh, alongside of, yeah, they've been relevant in in the playoffs and all that. It's the corporate ownership angle. It's what's good enough. It's maximizing profit. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have that. And this can be counterproductive. I know. It can blow up in your face. Right. But 
Look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did this year, this past year. The Packers would never do that. Yeah, they would never right. go all in the way the Packers have. Right. The Packers are about slow and steady wins the race once every 20 years. Yeah. That's what the Packers have. We're always in the race. We're always in the race. But but we're never going to do anything crazy right. to try to win the race right now. If we do, that's great. Chances are we will from time to time, once every 15 to 20 years. But every other year, Pack Stadium, 70-year waiting list, fans are happy, not thrilled, but they're happy. We're always relevant. We're always on the porch. We're always near the door. And that's good enough. And, and again, we've had that conversation with teams that have traditional owners. We've had that conversation about the Packers. Which teams, when they say our goal is to win the Super Bowl this year, really mean it? Which ones are acting that way, that yeah. our goal is to win the Super Bowl this year? Clearly, last year, the Packers' goal was not to win the Super Bowl, or they wouldn't have drafted Jordan Love. It's that obvious. Yeah. It's right in front of our faces. And some what, what happens is, Chris, the ardent, zealous fans are so wired to support everything the team does, even if they privately are asking themselves, what the hell is the team doing, that they'll fight back with us. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. You don't use two quarterbacks. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you draft a quarterback in round one when you have a team that's otherwise close to being Super Bowl ready, and you mean to tell me that team is trying to win the Super Bowl this year? Bull crap. Yeah, bull crap. And you can really say that about the rest of their picks to go along with that. You know, they were all like somewhat future future-looking type draft picks to where you go, okay, so agreed with you. I don't know, Mike. Where does it, where does it go? Where does this whole situation go? Uh, I, I mean, I, I've kind of told you my thought is just where I, I feel like we're going towards the, the an end-of-the-year se separation. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think Rodgers is going to try to renegotiate his contract here or do that? I, 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 don't, ex no, I don't expect no, him I to. I don't yeah. think anything's going to happen. Right. Here, here, look, I've, I've used this example in the past as it relates to Tom Brady's potential exit from the NFL. I think the same thing applies to Aaron Rodgers' potential exit from Green Bay. Final scene, both longest yards. Paul Crew goes to pick up the football as the warden stands there watching, and eventually Paul Crew brings the football back to the warden and says, stick this in your trophy case. <laughs> so Packers win the Super Bowl, Aaron gets the Lombardi, and he gives it to Mark Murphy, and he says, stick this in your trophy case. That's, that's what I'm rooting for. And then the beautiful mystery unfolds in 2022, whether he just exits for Jeopardy or something else or plays for a different team next year that that's that's how I you know what do you root for I root for a great story and I can't think of a story that would be greater than that for 2021 it'd be pretty good I mean you know like we've talked about like Pittsburgh right with like Big Ben and they probably look at the the Buccaneers and all of that and wait why can't we do that defense or protect them and do all that like the other Buccaneers effect might be right here like I mean don't you think don't you think Brady's probably an emboldened a person like Rodgers in this situation right now to look at that and go, wait, I, I can do that. I can leave somewhere and go somewhere else and do it. I don't have to be at the same team forever. You know, you won't be too harshly judged or all that. You, you, so you agree with me. I see your head nodding there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, and I think it would, it, would be, it would be perfect if – his path takes him to New England. Oh, now, I don't know amazing. how he and Bill Belichick would coexist, right. but my go my goodness. I mean, we've had that that 
alternate history, what happens if Aaron Rodgers had been with the Patriots for the past 15 years instead of Tom Brady for 20? How many more, less, the same trophies would they win? Yeah. But yeah, the idea that that you see where the dust settles on 2021, you find your best spot, you call your shot, you continue your career in a spot where you think that they're going to go all in for whatever you have left. Because the last guy in the organization who's worried about the five-year plan is the quarterback who's on a one-year-at-a-time plan as a practical matter and is trying to win now. And he truly is trying to win a Super Bowl now because he may not be around yeah. next year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. All right, we're supposed to do NFC North draft needs in this segment now that we've fully exhausted the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, do you want to kick it down the road? We can do it next segment. Well, let's keep – is there anything more you got on Aaron Rodgers than Chris? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think we've hit all angles. I mean, unless there's something else that you, that you haven't brought up, I think, I mean, I'm good. Whatever you want to do here. I, I missed the note in the document that we share electronically that we can k- kick the NFC North draft needs to the next segment. So I apologize for the clunkiness of the last 45 How dare seconds. You. I just think that there won't be a new contract for Aaron Rodgers. No, right. I'm with you. Mark Murphy will try to keep him in that sweet spot of pissed offedness where he's great, but not not over the top angry. And there's no reason to think they're not going to be 13 and four or 14 and three that's still going to take a while to get used to or something close to that kind of excellence in the nfc north the question is can they navigate the playoff field can they overcome the buccaneers can they make it to the super bowl can they win the super bowl and it would be beautiful if they do and aaron Rodgers says stick well, this in your trophy case i know on that that would just that that would be beautiful well yeah and how could packers fans be upset about that if no. you're a packers fan if you're a packers fan do you want Four more years with Aaron Rodgers and no Super Bowl win, or one more year and he exits as a Super Bowl champion? I feel like that should be a poll question. What would I, you rather have? Know. You're right. What would you rather have? Yeah. Right? You want a super you want another trophy. Yeah. I'll take one more year and I and a trophy over four more years and no trophy. Any day of the week. I think that applies. Wouldn't that apply? I don't know that that applies to any quarterback, but you want you, as a fan, you want your team to win Super Bowls. Yes, give me a Super Bowl. I'll take it. One more year with Rodgers in a Super Bowl, I'll take it. It's probably a 95% poll question if we do it, don't you think? I, I guess. I would think so. I would think more more people are going to take that angle for sure. I mean, it, gosh, it's a, it's a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy. They're not that easy to come by, as we're seeing you know, right here anyways in the Green Bay organization. And I just sit here again and just go, you know, this is why the guy's the greatest of all time to me because it's just going to be – Oh, hey, hey, no problem. We're, we're not going to do anything to really improve the team for the second year in a row. You just carry us and get us there, you know, and hopefully, you know, you can play totally perfect in the NFC Championship game this time. Totally perfect. And not make one mistake. Because I know you made one mistake on the interception, which was pass interference down the middle. But as long as that doesn't happen, maybe we can win it. And maybe you could pull like three rabbits, rabbits out of your butt while you're doing it too. And that'll help. I mean, that's what they ask him to do every year. And here we are, 2021, going right back to the drawing board. Uh, I, know, I know it's a good team, but don't ever go above and beyond Green Bay and make it a great team. Just have the great quarterback make your good team look great. And then, you know, you guys could fall short and we can all crap on the great quarterback for not getting them over the top. That, that, that's what they do to them every year. And that's why Green Bay pisses, pisses me off. <laughs> you had me pondering the question there of whether it's worse to have three rabbits in your butt or three rockets up your butt. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> rockets. But, rockets. but I, think, I think the way to word the question is, yeah. if you're a Packers fan, 
Would you rather have one more year with Rodgers and a guaranteed Super Bowl or four more years and a reasonable shot each year yeah, right. of winning a Super Bowl but no guarantee? I think that's the way to phrase it. Yeah. That, that's the tougher question. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll post that question during the break. And only Packers fans are allowed to answer. Only Packers <laughs> yeah, fans allowed right. to answer the question. Good All right, right, let's take a break. We'll look at the NFC North draft needs when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. All right, the poll question is posted. The early returns are one year in certain Super Bowl win. We'll update it as the show progresses. There is the NFC North, once upon a time, the NFC Central, the black and blue division. Let's look at the draft needs. With this question driving the discussion for every team that we'll be looking at over the next couple of weeks, you cannot leave draft weekend without addressing Blank. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. 13 and 3 each of the last two years. Will not be 13 and 3 this year because there's a 17th game. 29th overall pick by virtue of their success last year. They can't leave draft weekend without addressing what, Christopher? Well, I mean, they're a team, again, you know, that's in a good spot. There's no like, oh my gosh, huge glaring need. It's about really just going like, okay, what you know, thinking about the future a little bit and maybe thinking about what can actually help us out this year and get us, you know, over the top this year. I, I, I to me, the thing that I think jumps out to me are, are two positions, really, that right off the bat. Yeah, wide receiver is certainly another position I look at to go, yeah, why don't we add another big-time weapon to the offensive side of the ball? But I think more than that, like, in, interior D lineman would probably be the place I'd still look at, Mike. That, to me, we're, we're again, it's two NFC championship games in a row where teams just overpower them. I mean, again, I know Green, Tampa Bay, it wasn't just a run show. It was a balanced attack. But we saw, and we talked about it at the time, Tampa Bay ran, a, ran the same run play the whole game. And it was basically like, we're going straight ahead, and you're not going to stop us with Leonard Fournette. 
And that's what they did. So I look at it there to go interior D lineman, uh, something like that. And there could be the possibility of, you know, again, Christian Bar- Barrymore from, from Alabama, you know, Levi Onzumarike. I, I cannot say his name correctly. I think that they could maybe be on the board around that time. Um, but the other guys, Mike, just Shelvin and McNeil could be right up their alley too. They're big run stuffing, big like pluggers on the inside to stop being run over that way. So that's one position I think that jumps out to me maybe more than the rest. I don't know if that happens in the first round, but they need to address that uh, regardless. What about the center position? Corey Lindsley is yeah. gone. I'm looking at an article yeah. from USA Today from middle of March with the options to replace Corey Lindsley, the three internal options, and yeah. keeping with the Jeopardy theme, who, who, Jeopardy theme, I screwed that up, who are three guys who have never been in my kitchen? Guys I have never heard of are the options to have the most important position on the offensive line as it relates to spotting the mic and the play calls and all the other things that the center does. They have to get a center in the draft, don't they? I, I, I would think so. I would. And, you know, maybe at the end of the first round, you know, there, there could be a really good one to, to, to be had there, Mike. You know, the thing that's always tough about our job with, with offense alignment is, like, you're never sure who's kind of coming up the ranks. You know, that, that's, that's the biggest issue or who they really believe in. You know, so sometimes I'm reluctant to go down that. But, yes, I mean, you're, you're replacing Corey Lindsley, the best center in football. It's an offensive system uh, that is very predicated on having a good center. You know, we've seen that from Shanahan, who sent money in Western Richburg, and they got Alex Mack again and all that type of stuff. So it makes sense. And the guy Landon Dickerson, who we've shown, you know, the highlights of behind Mac Jones doing cartwheels and, and sneaking up behind him, Mike, he's phenomenal. I mean, he is a big-time, definite first-round center, but he's, of course, coming off an ACL injury. But that could be a guy that certainly could be thought of in that area. And I think he's special at that to where he, he's on the board late in the first round like that. You might have to take him. One thing they could do is move Elkton Jenkins, who was a pro bowler at left guard to and center. Do that, but right. then, they, then, they'd have, then they'd have a hole at left guard. Uh, so that, that's, you know, it's a zero-sum game when you start shifting around offensive linemen. But that is one thing that they could do if they don't come out of the draft with a guy that they could plug and play at the center position. They're either going to need one there or they're going to need one at guard if they move Jenkins over. That, yeah. The in-house options don't look great right now for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so, look, even though they're 13-3, and three, they have needs. Every team comes out of a season with needs, except the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are returning all 22 starters. So well, uh, for, for, for uh, like a, a 13 and three team for the second year in a row too, I don't think we ever sit there and look at them. And again, this again, to me just speaks to how important Rogers is to them. I don't think we look at them and go, Whoa, they're that dominant. Oh, they have that one unit that you just, Whoa, Whoa, watch out for them. They don't, they don't have that. You know, that, that's, again, to where I get mad because it just always goes back to Rodgers and what he can do there. So we've hit on a few positional needs there, whether it's another interior D lineman, you hit on the center position. We talked about a wide receiver that could, you know, make them more explosive or dangerous. Middle linebacker could be another one I could look at. They've had an issue filling that spot the last two years. There might be a good one there at the end of the first round, Mike. So... 
they got some options. They're, they might be in one of those spots to where they could just go best player available that really fits our team and, and needs that way. Another year with a receiver-rich draft. Remember last year, no receivers taken by the Packers at all in the draft. If you're Aaron Rodgers and they don't take a receiver this year by the end of round four, one to ten, what is your level of pissed off just over that? Oh, I, I'm, I mean, you got to be like you're boiling, you're fuming, you're at, you're at a nine. I mean, you're in the, you're definitely in the nines if they do that again. It's just, I don't understand it. Nobody's had less support in the receiving room out of like the great quarterbacks of all time. It, it's up there with any of them as far as the least amount of support around him and making guys that are, you know, average look good or good look great or below average look like they're slightly above average. Nobody's been better at that in their career than Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I am one that certainly sits here and thinks they need, they need one more go-to guy like we've talked about. And any great offense you really look at, there's three elements that are like, whoa, we got to stop them. They have three different things that make them special. And Green Bay certainly doesn't have that. But you go through the, you know, go through time with great offenses. That's what they had. And Green Bay usually only has two. Last time they took a receiver in round one or two was Devontae Adams in 2014. No receivers taken the last two years. And, you know, a lot of potential story ideas pass across my computer screen or my cell phone device. And I saw something recently where someone was suggesting Marquez Valdez-Scantling could be traded. What trade? Because the receiver room is so stocked, that's why you would trade him? I just, I don't get it, Chris. Um, they don't have enough help for Aaron Rodgers as it is. And maybe they've got some plan on draft day that we don't know about to really, maybe they're going to do the reverse of last year in every pick is going to be a receiver. That would be the ultimate passive-aggressive move for the Packers to make every pick in this draft a receiver. But there's definitely plenty of good receivers. seems like every year we're going to have plenty of yeah, good receivers because right. there's plenty of quarterbacks throwing the ball and plenty of guys catching the ball at the college level. All right, Detroit Lions, seventh overall pick in the draft. Uh, Chris, they can't leave draft weekend without what? I, I would say more than anything, i just look at them and I'd go offensive line would probably be the number one thing I'd look at. You know, they're another team that middle linebacker is is in that conversation a little bit. You know, maybe secondary help, something like that. But I think the one that jumps out to me more than anything is offensive line. You know, I, I think of it for, for two reasons. One, of course, hey, I think there's a real need on the unit uh, as far as just improvement that way. But two, I just look at them too, you know, and go, wait, it's Dan Campbell, Right. I mean, it's Anthony Lynn. We know they want to get back into, like, physicality, running the football. Dan Campbell came from New Orleans, which has always had this big, hulking offensive line. And I think with the style of football they probably want to play, to me, I would think with one of those two first picks, O-lineman, is certainly going to be a position that they are evaluating. Definitely. And, Mike, I don't know. I mean, you know, sitting there at 7, they could certainly be a team that does trade down too, according to how things you know fall out. But but they're interesting, and I don't know. Do you think they'd go quarterback, Mike? A lot of people think well, they might go Justin Fields at seven. And the the thing that I'm fascinated by yeah. is the the Ohio State magnet. Yeah, right. For Chris Spielman, if Justin Fields is there at number seven, will he be able to resist the fact that Fields is a Columbus guy? 
Buckeye, will that be a factor? Can he can he set that aside and just make the evaluation? Because they have Jared Goff for a couple of years. They need a developmental quarterback, but they also need receivers. They need a number one receiver. They That's what that they got to come out of this weekend with. When you consider the free agent losses, and I'm looking at the receiving core right now, Geronimo Allison, Victor Bolden, Quentin Cephas, Tom Kennedy, Brashad Perriman, Damian Ratley, Khalif Raymond, Tyrell Williams, there's not a number one receiver on the roster, Chris. No. And, you know, they're in a bad spot behind At seven they're not going to get the behind, two guys right 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 they, they may get the other alabama guy not Devonte smith or they may or yeah. they may get Devonte smith they waddle may go before smith they could fall into smith now the question is would they regard a 511 170 pound guy as a kneecap biter that's a different issue and and let me just deviate to that for a second because yeah. we've talked a lot recently about how the patriots will let character overcome everything else I can't help but wonder whether or not the Lions are going to put too much stock on the roughneck factor. The guy who fits the guy that Dan Campbell described back in January. And are they trying to scout for badasses, regardless of technique, talent, speed, etc.? Are they just looking to draft badass after badass that they can put onto that roster and have that group of guys that Campbell seems to want so badly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's definitely going to be a wanting of that type of guy. There's no doubt. Now, the wide receiver thing you bring up, I mean, like I'm with you all the way. I, I would think there's going to be a good one to get at the top of the, the top of the seventh if they really want it, you know. But maybe that's one of those things too, where listen, Mike, I think Chase and Smith in my eyes are in a class of their own as far as the top two receivers. They're legitimate top ten picks. You know, Waddle's real good. I don't think – I think he goes somewhere between 10 and 20 is what I would say. And that to me is where I go maybe Detroit decides to, does decide to trade down or do something like that with those two guys being going. But they're in a very interesting position because they could probably get, you know, an offensive lineman – that, that they really like, whether that's a Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, the Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech. Those are some of the top tackles in the draft that they certainly use, you know, and maybe they do that at seven. Maybe Penny Sewell's there at seven. That, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at them for going that route. You know, wide receiver, I don't know. Waddle at seven is a little bit of an overreach, but the big thing is the Justin Fields angle like you brought up and the Ohio State connection and everything that way. Um I, I, I'm intrigued by that. I don't envision them doing that. I think they're going to stay pat with Jared Goff. I have no inside info of that. I just feel that's the way the organization is going, at least for right now. Um, but this is a team that's, that's totally trying to rebuild themselves. Well, and, and look, this, this is a year where, given where they are at number seven, um, and given all the other quarterbacks who are expected to go in the first few picks, it's just not, this is not a good year to be trying to get a quarterback at the top of round one. And chances are next year they'll they'll be in position again, maybe better than seven, to get a quarterback if that's what they want to do. You mentioned Sewell as an option, and this one is going to be fascinating to me, Chris, because how will the Lions brain trust? And we're not quite sure who's got the biggest spoon in the stew between Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, Chris Spielman, and Rod Wood. How will they view a guy who opted out? Is a guy who opted out a kneecap biter or not a kneecap biter? Kneecap biters don't care about the virus. And again, 
that that's not a mindset I agree with, but we can't discount the reality that there's going to be some people in these draft rooms saying, we're going to hold it against the guy who opted out. Does he love football? Yeah. You don't love football. If you love your family enough to keep them away from the virus or yourself from having heart complications or other issues on something we don't know all that well enough about when we're making the decision. I just, hey, hey look, I, my, my reaction is any team that's going to do that, they, they deserve what they get if they pass on a guy who could be a great player. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful on, on how you judge the, this situation, certainly. I mean, you know, first off, you, don't, you, you better know all the circumstances, what surrounds these players, why they opted out, you know. And, of course, go back to, like, something Caleb Farley talked about with me. With the information we had at that time, yeah, things looked exactly. more dangerous and more dire. So if they're looking for, for kneecap biters and eaters and all those type of things, listen, all they got to do is turn on, like, the, the film with Penny Sewell because he will bite your knees and, and legs and anything else. And I mean that in a respectful way because he plays tough and nasty and he's awesome to watch. Uh, I just, I, I don't know, I guess in my heart of hearts, I think the Bengals will end up taking him at pick number five. He will bite you anywhere. Anywhere. I mean very respectfully. Yes. Let's take a break. We're going to finish the NFC North draft needs when this first hour of our Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. All right, we're continuing with the NFC North draft needs. Minnesota Vikings, 14th overall pick. Chris, the Vikings, they also don't have a second-round pick. They've got two in the third, four in the fourth. They cannot leave draft weekend without what? You know, I mean, this they one, already have that. They already have the horn. Easy. They, they got the horn. I, I think this one's an easy one as far as just like when you boil it down to one position that they really need. It, it, I, it's edge guy, a pass rusher, somebody in that 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 range, somebody as far as that guy coming off the edge. Whether that's Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami or Quiddy Pay from Michigan. But I think it's it's that type of player, certainly. I do. I mean, you know, you got some young corners in the secondary. You still got Harrison Smith at safety. You know your linebackers are pretty good. I mean, O-line is, is probably something, certainly, Mike, as a fan, you'd probably sit there and go, yeah, we could probably use an upgrade there. Wide receivers, you're okay. Running backs, you're okay. I mean, it's not totally bad there in Minnesota. I think pass rusher is, is the big thing for Mike Zimmer in that defense. Yeah, I think pass rusher is the key. They've addressed the corner position aggressively in free agency. Anthony Smith is gone from the back end. Anthony, Anthony Harris, Harris is gone, excuse right. me, from the back end. Harrison Smith is still there. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of tough. When one's Anthony Harris and the other one's Harrison Smith, you're going to mash it together and inadvertently name the guy who played safety for Jeez, the know your own team more than Jeez. a decade ago. <laughs> Anthony Smith, the guy who got Brady all riled up by guaranteeing a win by the Steelers over the Patriots in the 2007 season. But Anthony Harris is gone. Not that he was great last year. There's a reason why they didn't keep him. But you need help there, I'd say, later rounds. Pass rushers, they have to. They ha and they've done a good job of drafting and developing non-star pass rushers. Yeah. That's one of the areas where the Vikings have had a strength in recent years. But this past year, not good. And they don't know what's up with Daniil Hunter. Does he want to be there? How can you trade him when he's got to prove that he's healthy after last year's neck problem that kept him out the full season? But I agree with you. Pass rusher is key. Left tackle, they're likely to bump Ezra Cleveland out to replace Riley Reef, but then you have a hole at guard. 
but uh, they've got they've got plenty of things they they need to do. Although last week, you know, when you were talking to Caleb Farley yeah. and talking about Caleb Farley, if he would slip to fourteen, I just I'm curious to see what Mike Zimmer would do if Farley's well, on the board. Mike, Chris. Mike, to me, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring this up anyways. I think it, it's this is to me one of the 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 great things about this draft just to get off the team subject a little bit, but. There's four guys, Mike, on this draft that I would look at and go, these are top 20 picks in the NFL draft, but they all have like an asterisk or, you know, an issue next to their name. Caleb Farley opted out back surgery. Jalen Phillips, you know, the Michigan, the best pass rusher in the draft. He has concussion and retired from football for a year. You know, there's a left tackle from Stanford, Walker Little, Mike. I mean, slam dunk, first rounder, that kind of player. And the receiver, Rondell Moore from Purdue, who's been hurt the last two years, is a freak show. He was one of the best receivers in college football as a true freshman. That, to me, is going to be one of the intriguing things about the draft is there's four really talented guys that might be on the board for the best teams in football late in the first round because there's a little bit of an injury history there. I think it's one of the wild cards of the draft, in my opinion. All right, give me one thing the Bears need draft weekend. I, I think that does go O-line. I think when I look at the, the them more than anything, you know, tackle probably more than anything at 20 there. There should be a good one left over, uh, whether that's a Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State or something like that. But come on, you know, the Bears have had issues for the last few years up front. They don't open a lot of holes. They're not the great bat, but, uh, greatest pass-protecting team. I think that's where it starts for them. And guys who can make a difference right away. Yes, they need a developmental quarterback, but not if the GM and the head coach aren't going to be there to develop the quarterback. They need impact That's players right. at areas of need. Kyle Fuller's gone at corner. It was a cap move. That's another you find position. a corner who you can right. plug right in. Right. You need that. You need guys that can play now, make the team better, get to the playoffs again, secure the future for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. That's job number one, even though they definitely need a quarterback. They're not far the off. 21 season. Um, well, no, they're not, and and they, they, they made it to the playoffs. They've been to the playoffs two of the last three years. I know. Isn't it amazing? Playoffs two of the last three years, and and one of the hottest seats in football going into 2021 is for GM Ryan Pace and Coach Matt Nagy, and they've been to the playoffs two of the last three years. It I really know. is I know. amazing, but well, that's what happens when you pass on Patrick Mahomes and take Mitch Trubisky yeah. instead in 2017, even though Nagy wasn't there for that. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.